A very good afternoon. Hope you all having a great arraignment. It's just getting bigger and bigger every year, isn't it? Uh, bigger and better, I should say. The session for this afternoon is enabling a digital platform using microservices and AWS. So for some reason, if you think you're in the wrong session or you didn't plan on being here, I really encourage you to stay back for this very fascinating story. <laughs> so I'm Raghu Chandra. I'm global delivery leader for Cognizant Cloud Services based out of Chennai, India. I also spent a big part of my life in Texas. So I'm a big Dallas Mavericks, Dallas Cowboys, and Chennai Super Kings fan. I see a Cowboys fan here. We have a Saints game coming up tonight. I see two Chennai Super Kings fans here as well. So, um, Cognizant and AWS had a great privilege of working with one of India's most iconic brands, Bajaj, in the digital transformation journey. So we have Ravindra, a technology thought leader in the financial services space, and an early adopter of uh, uh, cloud technologies. Uh, he's my co-speaker. Ravindra? Yeah. Thanks, Raghu. Uh, very good afternoon. Uh, how many of you are from financial services? Good. Uh, myself, Ravindra. Uh, I head the technology for a company called Bajaj Finsau Direct. Um, Thanks to Cognizant and uh, AWS team for inviting us for the session. Uh, I'm also the architect for this digital platform. Um, in this session, we'll be presenting what we are making at the Bajaj Finsau Direct and how we are creating a success story in the financial services using AWS. How many are not familiar with uh, microservices? Very few hands. Good. That means everyone knows microservices. All right. Good. On the agenda for this afternoon is first, Ravindra is going to walk us through Bajaj's journey, their business challenges, and their vision to build a digital marketplace. Then we are going to look at the design patterns, design principles, and the architecture that make up this, make up this platform. And then we're going to talk about how we leverage microservices and AWS to turn our vision into reality. And lastly, we're eager to share the phenomenal business results we were able to achieve in a short period of time. But first, let me have Ravindra walk us through Bajaj's journey. So Bajaj is a well-known brand in India, all right? primarily known for two-wheeler and three-wheelers. Uh, Bajaj Finso is a financial services arm of Bajaj Group, and it is also a holding group for four operating companies. Bajaj Finance Limited, which is the India's largest non-banking financial company, primarily into lending and wealth management. Bajaj Alliance General Insurance and Bajaj Alliance Life Insurance are the insurance arm, and they are focused primarily on the insurances. All three operating companies are market leaders in their own segments. Now, aggregated customer base of the three companies is 90 million, with a total employee strength of 25,000. The fourth entity, Bajaj Finso Direct, which I'm representing today, is primarily focused as a digital marketplace for the three operating companies. How did we start it? Let's spend a couple of minutes on this, right? The strategy of creating a new digital platform 
was incubated at Bajaj Finance in the year 2016 to provide an end-to-end -end digital online lending products. Later on, it got extended to other financial services, insurance, wealth management products. Now, the problem statement here is BFL has a presence of 1,600 branches throughout India and a customer base of 30 million just for Bajaj Finance. Now, even though BFL is a non-bank, the company is operated with the structure and the model similar to that of a bank. What does it mean? It basically, it has branches. It is driven through the call centers. And it has a large field force. So is the same with the insurance company as well. They have a large field force. Now, even though individual companies have a digital footprint in the form of a lead generation forms, right? Customer fill the form, and then most of the processing happens at the back end, right? This is like more of offline. Customer doesn't even know what happened to the application that he has filled, right? That's a problem statement that we are having it. Now, either the customer reaches out post sales, reaches out to the call center, or responds to an email. So there is no end-to-end -end digital fulfillment that has been provided to the customers. Now, that's on the limitations, right? There is no omni-channel presence for a customer to know what's happening, how do I reach out? Now, on the challenger side, each of these principal companies are market leaders, and they offer multiple products. Bajaj Finance itself has about 30 products to offer, and the insurance companies has more than 50 products to offer. Right? To maintain the leadership position, each company has to introduce new and innovative products before it gets challenged by the new age technology companies. In India, we have seen in recent times that technology companies with no background in the financial services or the financial products entering the FSI space and offering products. Classic example being Google, Amazon, Alibaba. All right? Now, because of the sheer size, we had challenge in constructing a new innovative products. Technology build and rollout used to take a lot of time, and at the same time, control the overall technology cost and provide better operational efficiency for quicker application processing and post-sales support. Looks like a familiar problem to all the enterprise companies, isn't it? Now, in the nutshell, we want to have quicker, agile, efficient at execution, and nimbleness. The vision for creating a new digital platform is to become an online supermarket offering a plethora of financial products aimed at fulfilling personal and financial needs of individuals. This is primarily targeted at consumers who consume content on the internet and have a high probability of online purchases. That means we are targeting a customer segment who are familiar with the internet and makes more like an e-commerce online purchases. Right? Now, can we mimic the similar experience to the customer in the financial services space? Now, initial idea is to pick up the financial products 
in the lending, which is both secured and unsecured lending, right? Insurance, both life insurance and general insurance, cards, payments, and our own e-commerce platform that enables financing the purchase of electronic and consumer durables offered by the Bajaj Finance EMI card. Now, these products are those that are digitally friendly in nature and can be sold online with less human touch. Now, these are targeted at a customer base of 90 million from the group product companies, right? Now, who have availed either one or more products from either Bajaj Finance or Bajaj Alliance Life Insurance or Bajaj Alliance General Insurance. For these customers, delivering a personalized product with a simple end-to-end -end buying experience and post-sales servicing in a do-it-yourself manner is what we are trying to achieve. Coming to technology, we at Bajaj Finsau Direct believe that the marriage of business objectives and the technology deliverables only can make a magic. Technology cannot bring value on its own without a business outcome. To give an illustration of what value the technology brings to our business, the technology behind one of the fastest loan products that we offer in the market, we have built an automated underwriting system that can give loan to consumers in a, under 30 seconds. All, right? All this happens when the customer is standing in front of a POS machine. Now, for this, we have done a real-time integration with the Bureau, compute scorecard, and determine the customer segmentation, and real-time loan approval is instantly provided. Our vision is to create a digital platform to provide a differentiated user buying experience wherein we understand customer needs by using clickstream analysis, machine learning, and use alternate data sources. We have seen most of our customers come to our digital platform via mobile. Right? We have seen even customers coming at 8 in the night. Right? So the physical offline model does not work. People want to be more online. Right? Now, hence, our strategy is to be mobile first. However, there are other customers who still want to use desktops, tablets. Hence, we have chosen to provide a responsive web design. For existing customers, we provide pre-approved credit line with the ability to avail loan with a single click. We have built dedupe engine and offer a pre-approved loans instantaneously. We have enabled customers to get the answers online while they're doing the journey using virtual assistant chatbots, and the servicing is automated through robotic process automation. We use API-based real-time integration with the partner systems. Now, we have integrated with more than 20 partners in the ecosystem to enrich the user data. Our vision is to be a market disruptor in the financial services segment in India. Company's orientation is that of a fintech, right? To become a technology and analytics-driven business. So when I first met Bajaj's uh, leadership, 
I was pleasantly surprised that they already knew about AWS and many of the AWS services. So it made it really easy on us as a technology partner to choose AWS as the cloud platform of choice. Um, some of the reasons why that we chose AWS, obviously, is the pace of innovation. And also, the products and services were quite mature. I mean, when we worked on the design, we looked at AWS services, and we thought, I mean, we can get to market faster by using the AWS services. I'm going to come to that uh, in detail uh, in a few minutes. And also, the launch of Mumbai region, Bajaj being an India company, the launch of Mumbai region also excited us. And also, we, worked, we looked at the roadmap that AWS had to offer on containers and et cetera. Uh, we'll talk about that in detail. That also may, I mean, um, convinced that AWS is the right platform of choice for uh, Bajaj. I mean, they would like to add? Uh, yep. We had a detailed evaluation of the platform to choose, right? Now, at Bajaj Finso, we are not new to the cloud. We have adopted cloud way back in 2012. The existing CRM system runs on a public cloud, right? When we started building it, we thought, okay, let's start building it from the scratch, grounds up, right? Now, we wanted to look for a partner. We evaluated multiple partners, and finally, we decided AWS is the right tool or the platform for us because it has a much more mature product to offer, breadth of services are vast, and they innovate at a much faster rate, right? Now, when we, when, when we started building this digital business, it suited with our aspirations and the design principles that we laid out for building the platform. Now, similarly, once we decided to go with the AWS, we're looking for a partner who can help us in engineering the platform for the digital online business, right? So we had floated RFP, 12 of the vendors participated, right? Of which, finally, we decided to go with Cognizant because they share the same vision and the execution rigor that we expected of a partner. Now, complemented with the technology, right? Obviously, they have the AWS skill set and the platform building execution, right? Now, complemented with the uh, uh, technical skills are the financial industry experience that helped us in fine-tuning the business requirements. Even though we are an enterprise company, we work like a startup, right? Wherein it is fast-paced. And hence, the development team, which is co-located at Pune, helped us in developing a quicker and uh, easier development for us. To give a sense, in the last one year, we have deployed 10 applications or 10 different products onto the digital platform. Let me spend a couple of minutes on to understand what is the problem statement that we are having here, right? Now, this was the first application that we onboarded on the digital platform, right? Simple loan. Uh, it's basically an unsecured loan, right? We have a much more complex thing like a secured loan. Now, customer, they basically either go to the branch office or call center reaches out to the customer, right? And then they work with the sales team, fill up the application form, which is about 25, 30 fields, and then they give the documentation. Salesperson goes back to the field, right from the field, go to the branch, enter the data into the CRM system, right? And then 
the operations team, underwriting team works, gets some more data about the customer, and finally provides an approval. Now, all this takes about anywhere from two days to three days, right? Before customer even comes to know that, yes, I'm eligible for X rupees, right? Now, again, there, I may be expecting some 10,000, but I got only 8,000, right? Again, you have a gap. How do we basically solve this problem using the online platform is what we're trying to do here. Now, in the digital platform, what we try to do is that customer comes and fills up most of the data, right? He can come on the mobile and then fills the application and then goes back. He can come back on the later days and then using the desktop, he can continue from where he has left off, right? That means you, without even logging in, you know where you have left and you can continue the journey, right? This is the first thing that we try to solve for a customer. Now, for each of the field, when a customer does, there is a validation that gets triggered, which enriches the data, like the bureau enrichment, com uh, company validation, right? mobile verification. Now, these are all the things that we basically do in the background. As a customer trying to fill the data, how do we basically capture the documents that were expected? Right? So we expect the users to upload the data, or if he is in a mobile, he just takes a photo and then uploads it. We run behind the scene, OCR, extract the data, and then verify the data that the user has entered. Now, even though we are lenders, we believe ourselves that we are in the business of risk management. Because giving loan is very easy. However, getting the money back is the difficult part. Right? So we have created a USP of automated underwriting system that safeguards the business interest. We have the lowest non-performing asset defaults in the financial industry, right? With the digital platform, we have reduced the application processing time from days to three minutes. And we have enabled the amount disbursement to the customer within a click of a button without compromising on the business risk. Given our experience in last two years, we think these are the four pillars on which we could able to successfully build a digital platform. First one is the technology, right? Now, technology that can scale on demand with the changing business requirements, right? The business asks are changing at a faster rate to seize new opportunities, and technology solutions should meet those expectations at the same rate. Now, technology that can scale as the customer traffic increases. Second one is the process. It encompasses technology delivery process, business process, and operational process. All three goes hand in hand, all right? Operational and business process must be changed to take advantage of the business going online. This needs a consistent optimization, fine tune the process. Now, technology is to be implemented to support this new process. When I talk about the technology process, it can be SDLC process, CICD uh, process so that it can be easier and quicker deployed. Ecosystem is a third pillar. To get a better insight 
and information about the customer. We have integrated with a network of ecosystem partners, and we used API-based integration approach for easier and quicker integration. We partnered with 20 partners in the ecosystem to get various data about the customer. The key for business success is nurturing a right digital platform partnership. That's about integrating. How about we exposing our platform as an API to be consumed by a B2B partner? Right? So we have enabled all our platform APIs to be consumed by the B2B partners. Right? Let me do a little bit of a detour here. We went live in 2017, September. Right? Now, in December 2017, we decided to onboard insurance product onto the platform. We were running in Singapore. Because of the regulatory compliance, we had to move from Singapore to Mumbai. Right? The timeline set for me is, can we do it in next three months? Right? Enterprise that basically gone live within three months wants to migrate from one region to another region. All right? We agreed that, yeah, we will do it because business needs it. We started planning for the migration. Thanks to AWS Pass Services, we use, by the way, 30 Pass Services of AWS. So we don't have to worry about the plumbing or the infrastructure to be required. We just use the APIs, the services that are provided by AWS. All right? We started planning in the month of March. I was pulled into a meeting to tell that there is an application, which is primarily the e-commerce platform, which we are running in Azure. Can we move to AWS platform? By the way, by the time we already set up the VPN, VPC, everything in the Mumbai. We are just about to migrate the application from Singapore to Mumbai. We decided, okay, we'll pause that. We'll move from Azure to AWS. The whole e-commerce platform was moved in just 45 days. It is not just lift and shift, but we were able to move all of them. Even though we are using Magento as our platform, but all the databases, Elastic Cache, Elasticsearch, right? All these things are available for us, so we don't have to install any of those. So looking back at this stage, we think that we made a right choice of going with AWS. By the way, for insurance thing, we would successfully—I mean, we successfully onboarded the insurance in the month of June, 2018. The last one is the customer experience. This basically, what we are saying is that provide a simple user experience, be it a buying journey or be it a post-sales support, in order to achieve a do-it-yourself design philosophy. For a successful digital business, keep the experience simple. Don't expose the complexity of the business processes to the consumer. Avoid using the business jargons. That confuses the customer. In insurance, we have seen everything is a font size eight. Right? We want to keep it transparent to the customer so that they don't have to worry because there is no one 
whom they have to talk to in an online business, right? And in case if the customer needs to talk to anyone, enable that through virtual assistants and chatbot systems. This, we think, are the four key pillars for building a successful digital platform. So now comes, we come to the fun part. That's where the gigs come in. We had four design tenets for this platform. First, when you design the platform, first, it's going to be API first. Second, we're going to be scalable. Obviously, the market, India market, is huge. We're addressing a market size of millions and millions of customers. Third, no single points of failure. And fourth, nothing to manage once we are in production. These four design tenets naturally led us to a microservices architecture and AWS cloud-native platform. So with respect to the design patterns of microservices, obviously all these microservices will be REST endpoints. And we used two major design patterns. One is what we call the aggregated design pattern, where if you have a request to a particular microservice, the service calls a bunch of microservices to achieve the functionality. It invokes a bunch of microservices to achieve the functionality. So most of the microservices were designed on this design pattern. Some of the design patterns used something called a chain design pattern. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, where a request comes to a microservice, and the microservice calls, it communicates with another microservice in a chain pattern or a relay pattern to achieve that functionality. We just made sure that the chain is not too long. We use Docker containers to deploy these microservices so that these services are isolated and independently scalable. And we use dense deployments, where up to five services were deployed on a single EC2 host. With respect to security, we used a custom security framework where an access token was used to authenticate a particular request. So where only a bearer of the token will be allowed to serve, I mean, invoke a particular request. As you see, we have developed more than 900 REST endpoints and we continue to develop more REST endpoints and services. With respect to anti-patterns, we did use one anti-pattern though. We used a shared database for microservices. This is not usually recommended, but we did have to make a trade-off because there was a customer database that was shared across products and we made the microservices to share that particular data. And obviously, the, by this, I mean, using the design principles, we externalized all the data from these microservices. We used Amazon ECS to deploy these microservices. Um, we uh, deployed it in seven clusters, where each cluster was segregated by business functionality. And we used application load balancer as the point of invocation for the client request. The reason why we chose application load balancer is application, the ALB has a feature for host and path-based routing. So a particular request to a microservice will be routed to the right microservice based on the path. And with respect to um, uh, deploying the uh, service in a cluster, we took advantage of ECS's task placement strategy. I don't know if you work with ECS, it has a pretty neat, neat feature where you can set a constraint on a particular service on how it should be placed in an ECS cluster or in, a, or in an EC2 host. For example, you can place a constraint on a particular service so that the service task or the container can run across two availability zones and it can run on two different EC2 instances. So with respect to the microservices development, we adopted a polyglot-based development where we supported Java Spring Boot, Python, and uh, AngularJS uh, services. 
And we used also poly polyglot databases with respect to the, I mean, to ensure that we used the right database for the right use case. So we used Amazon RDS uh, Postgres, uh, MySQL, and SQL Server. We also used DynamoDB and Elastic Cache. And we also obviously used S3 as well for, uh, for data storage. And with respect to uh, notification, we used Amazon SQS for email notifications, SMS, and mobile app notifications. And we used Elasticsearch and Kibana for visualizing the application logs and for troubleshooting. So for the CICD pipeline, we used a very standard multi-stage CICD pipeline. Uh, we largely used Atlassian products with respect to um, source code control. We used Bitbucket. And it was a Jenkins-based CICD pipeline. And we also used Artifactory for um, uh, managing, the, uh, managing the artifacts. In other products that we used for Sonar Cubed. And we used uh, AWS CLI for continuous deployment, for, for deploying the code onto the ECS uh, containers. Monitoring and management, as I mentioned uh, before, this large digital platform, when we started building this platform, we decided it will be a no-ops platform where it is nothing to manage. Since we largely went with AWS-based native services, that made it really easy. Uh, we used um, um, our partner product called New Relic for application performance monitoring, and we used CloudWatch for alarms. For continuous compliance, we used AWS Config, AWS CloudTrail, and AWS CloudWatch, along with um, uh, AWS Lambda. We used Lambda for automating all the, uh, all the operations tasks and uh, cleanup tasks including auto-scaling of containers. More than 30 Lambda functions were implemented, so we ended up in a pretty much a no-op state. So we don't have any operations team to run this digital platform. Raminder, you want to talk about deployment? Yep. Yeah. I heard it. So during the design for the deployment, we worked with the AWS solutions architect team work with the professional services team, right, in identifying what is the best practice that we should be using it for the deployment. The platform was well-architected. We used the well-architected framework for that, right? Now, the DevOps tool set that Raghu mentioned, right, is in a separate VPC altogether, right? So we have two accounts, one for prod and one for non-prod. And each of these accounts has multiple VPCs. And we use the VPC peering across the accounts. Now, when it comes to the prod, we have two VPCs. One is for the production deployment. Other one is a management VPC. Management VPC primarily is for a, where you host the jump server to access the production logs. And monitoring, all those things are in the management VPC. Now, in the production, we have four layers. We have the DMZ layer, we have the web tier, the application tier, and the lastly, the database tier. In the DMZ, we have placed only the public ELB and public ALB. In the web tier, we have the proxy servers and the private ELBs. When it comes to the application tier, that's where most of our services are deployed. We use ECS primarily, and we have multiple clusters that we have created within this. Now, the reason why we did the multiple ECS cluster, there are certain clusters where the services are deployed that makes an external call to the partner. 
Now, there are services that makes a call to the backend enterprise system. There are certain services that are primarily needs like a uh, compute intensive instances rather than a memory incentive, right? So we can able to do this if we have a different clusters. So analytics is primarily compute intensive. It's in its own cluster. Now, as a cluster, within a cluster, we use basically both the availability zone, all right? Now, the services, as Raghu was mentioning, if you have like a three instances of a service, it will, the placement strategy is such a way that the services are placed, our tasks are placed in two availability zone, as well as the third instance are placed in two different instance IDs, so that it can provide for high availability. Now, when it comes to the database, right, databases are in its own subnet. Now, each of the subnets talk to a specific subnet only if needs be. Not all services need database access. It just compute, right? Then you don't need to access the data tier. Now, on the database, we use DynamoDB. We use um, RDS, different flavors, as Raghu has mentioned. As an enterprise and in the financial services, we were a little worried when we started saying that we have to be worried about the security. The approach that we took is we'll have a layered security framework. At the middle, if you can look at it, there are multiple components of the servers that we have. The proxy gateways, the web server, our e-commerce platform, our loan management system, rules engine, container services, database, block server. Now, each of them are in their own separate subnet. Now, the communication from one subnet or from a host to another is controlled via the security group and NACL. If you go to the one level above, now each of the host is basically we used CIS hardened Amazon Linux. And we regularly run the Amazon inspector for continuous vulnerability detection. At the runtime, we use antivirus in each of the hosts that basically take care of the malware identification and alert us. Now, this is at the runtime. What about at the code development or the code deployment time? Now, we use secure coding practice followed by container image vulnerability of the Docker images that we deploy. Now, if we move one level above, we use Amazon GuardDuty that basically tells what are the activities that's been done on the account. Then we use SSL connection and trusted host connection between when you talk to the two different partners. At the perimeter layer, we use AWS WAF with geo-restriction and IP blacklisting. Coming to the database, it's basically controlled to data encryption at rest, be it RDS or S3. Now, table column encryption are enabled for all the PII data. And each of the services accesses the AWS services only if you have a specific role. So we use role-based access for accessing the AWS services. So we use AWS Identity Management Service, Inspector, 
AWS Scout Trail that basically tells what all activity that's been done. So with respect to the key learnings, one of the most important decisions that we took, I mean, obviously, this is a very ambitious undertaking. Um, first in the market, a disruptor uh, in the financial services industry. Um, for, the, for the ambitious business plans that uh, our uh, Bajaj FinServe has set out to do, one important decision that we took that helped us meet the time-to-market goals and also, I mean, start realizing the business benefits that we set out to do is that we decided to go all AWS native. That we would use all AWS services wherever it's possible, and whenever there is a service that is not available, then we would go with something, a third-party product. Um, with respect to the design of the microservices, obviously, I mean, you have two choices. Either you make it too granular or too coarse. We stayed somewhere in between. Uh, and then third is uh, no ops state. So obviously, this is a digital platform with high transactions. So we had to make sure that our operations are highly automated. And uh, most of the Lambda, I mean, most of the serverless functions did the job. And we ended up in a no ops state. And also with respect to uh, the teams themselves, we had very small teams, uh, polyglot development teams, and we let the teams decide the right to, uh, stack that they are going to use those microservices. That also promoted agility. So with respect to the business which obviously it's very gratifying to share that uh, we have met, the, met and exceeded some of the business goals that we have set up to do. As you would see, uh, quarter, or, quarter over quarter, I mean 30% increase in customer growth since we went live for Bajaj FinServe, and 28% increase in disbursement growth. And most important, the loan approval process, we were able to bring it down from three days to three minutes. And 10 new products have been launched within the year of operations. So again, these are all early days uh, with respect to the digital, digital platform. There is, I think, there is far more to do, but I think uh, with, the, with the right platform, with the right design, I think we are very, very well confident that uh, this is going to really disrupt the financial services space in the India market. So thanks a lot for your time. So we're open for Q&A. Yeah, thanks. <laughs>